You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our hope every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that is not just directed to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, people who have lived, worked, and ministered in small, out-of-the-way places. I'm your host, Joe Epley, and today we're going to join Pastor Tony Searles and uh, talk through his journey of rural ministry. He comes from Maine and has just been all over, and so it's really fun to uh, hear what rural looks like on the other side of the country from where we most associate it. Uh, You know, everyone thinks of Kansas and those kinds of places, but here we are in Maine, reaching the rural church. And so I'm excited to hear the lessons he has gained over his journey. Uh, But first, I just want to say, Pastor Tony, how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you, Joe? You know, I'm doing good. I cannot complain. Uh, The weather's changing a little bit here in Montana. Um, We're hitting about 60 degrees today, but I'm I'm here for it. You know, it's not a bad fall, so... Nice. Well, it's good to be with you. I thank you for the opportunity to come and to share my story. Maybe it'll help somebody else along their journey. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, the first thing we always do is uh, we like to just hear your story, um, speaking of that. And so uh, why don't you take a few minutes here and just describe your ministry journey and your connection with the rural church, kind of uh, where you've been and what have you done, you know? Okay. Uh, It's been kind of a crazy journey through the years as we've been in ministry for about 29 years now. Uh, We started out in youth ministry and we started in New Hampshire, in southern New Hampshire, um, kind of in a smaller setting town, kind of what I call a bedroom community to Boston. Um, And we went from there to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is like just minutes from Philadelphia, then wound up getting into the south down in Virginia and became a youth pastor down there in a little town called Windsor, Virginia. And that's kind of where rural (laughs) really began as far as ministry for us. And then we went from Virginia up to Vermont and worked in a very small church, a town about a thousand people in northern Vermont uh, called Barton, Vermont, Uh, kind of a unique connection there. It was the church that my youth pastor from my childhood days actually went and kind of replanted and uh, got to work there in that church. So that's kind of a unique connection that we had there. And uh, from there, wound up in Buffalo, New York. And so just kind of I've had this scattered back and forth rural to city kind of situation. And we wound up being on staff there, then becoming a pastor in Buffalo, New York. Uh, and then after we left New York, we went to central Pennsylvania and an area of the state they call the Pennsylvania Wilds. And so that kind oh. of gives you an idea of what that was kind of like. And so it was a rural community, a little town called Clearfield, had about 8000 people in it, had fantastic ministry there. Uh, from there, we felt called to get back into New England and long story short, I was led and I, you know, it's a very long story, but felt led to go back to my home church and pastor my home church in Caribou, Maine. And so I got a unique experience that everybody kind of says, hey, this is taboo. You should never do this. But it ended up being great um, and worked out very, very well. Back where I'm from, they trust locals. And so they, sure. they love having the local boy there. And so we wound up going there, uh, serving for a number of years and went through a building program with them. 
and then felt called to step into something else. And the district asked if we'd be uh, interested in going to Southern Maine to work in a church down there, a little community called Wyndham, Maine, outside of Portland, and served there for some time. And then I wound up stepping out of ministry for a short season, got involved in nonprofit work. And um, after that, we in that time period, I should say, uh, transitioned to Fort Worth, Texas, where we now live and am still involved in nonprofit work. And then we're also planting a church right now in this area, but it's in a rural community just north of Fort Worth in a town called Justin. So that is the nutshell version of what my life has looked like in ministry with my wife and family. Man, I I love that. 29 years and what a variety of contexts. You know, I think it's the coolest part of the world to me is just the uniqueness um, of everyone's situation. And for you to say, man, I kind of bounced from a, a more suburban or urban setting back to this rural setting and 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 really all over the Northeast. I mean, that's just so cool um, right. to hear. And so uh, let's do our first stop on our journey because because a lot of a lot of the perspective I think I valued in our conversation was just the perspective you do gain from seeing so many different contexts uh, and right. what what keeps coming up, what works in all these different places. But I do want to highlight, mm-hmm. I, I really loved hearing about uh, you growing up in Caribou, Maine, and kind of the opportunities that were afforded to you in the church there. Yeah. And so maybe describe, you know, when you were a, a teenager and following the Lord, uh, what what was the church in Caribou, Maine like? And what kind of opportunities did the did the rural church kind of give you to develop in, in ministry? You know what I'm saying? Were there, you know, yeah. I think if I remember your story right, there was some some good moments you got or some good opportunities as a leader. So walk us through that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I grew up in a really unique setting, uh, even though I grew up in a small town, America, really uh, right on the border of Canada up there almost, you know, uh, (laughs) I had a great opportunity and a wonderful church. And we were near an Air Force base, which brought in a unique group of people all the time that had experiences in all kinds of different places throughout the world, really, and would come to our church and worship with us. And so even though we were in a small town. We had a great church when I was growing up. It was over 300 people that went to the church there um, right on Main Street. So it was very visible, but still got that very down home, uh, very connected feel. Everybody knew everybody. You know, we've known families for generations, which I think is pretty common in a rural setting because everybody knows everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I grew up a half a mile up the street from my church, like on the same street, And so it's just a piece of who you were, part of the DNA. Even though I didn't grow up in a Christian family, my grandparents took me to church there. And so that's how I kind of got connected in there and uh, gave my heart to the Lord as a kid when I was going to what we call the kids crusade, you know, and you raise your hand, you go down front, say the sinner's prayer, and now you're saved. And uh, I think I shared with you kind of a unique situation is that the guy that was doing that kids crusade later wound up being the youth pastor in my home church. Oh, and, really? um, yeah. And so it was really kind of a cool thing that I just came to realize several years ago. It wasn't long ago. I never remembered that as a kid, you know, but uh, it was a great opportunity to really get connected to a church. And I felt what was unique about our church. And I think there are a lot of unique things about my home church. One was, like I said, everybody knew everybody, but everybody cared for everybody. And, you know, when I talk to people about influences and 
people involved in your life. I can say a great testimony to my home church was, man, I had many men that were involved in my life through ministries like Royal Rangers, youth group, uh, and just in general, guys needed work done around the house. You know, you're cutting wood. We got to get wood in the house for winter. Um, every guy's calling up every young teenage guy to come on out and help us out. We'll feed you pizza afterwards, you know, kind of thing. But you got to know people. Uh, you were connected in their life and then involved in ministry. My home church was a kind of place. If you go there, you're doing something for the Lord. Uh, there's no coasting. <laughs> there is no opportunity to just kind of sit and, and lay back. I mean, nobody forced it. But if you started showing some kind of an aptitude, you were sure. definitely given an opportunity and a platform that I've always thought was so special because I believe it really shaped my life and really got me engaged in ministry to be where I am today. Had I not had that kind of push, I don't think that I would be where I'm at today because I never would have gotten to teach a Sunday school class, never would have gotten to teach kids church. And I mean, once you did one thing, you did it again and again and again. And before you know it, I'm, I've got my own Sunday school class or, you know, we started preaching in youth group, a couple of us young guys and just kind of sharing the word and growing a little bit in that way. And the next thing you know, it's, hey, Sunday night, we'll let you guys share some time and do a little preaching. And so we had that kind of flexibility in our church really valued what was happening in young people and in youth. And uh, I grew up in a youth group. We had about 100 kids in our youth group. So it really oh, wow. showed um, because of that kind of impact. And so lots of awesome opportunity. And our pastor was just a really gracious guy to give opportunity to do that. I think even one of the things I shared with you, he was a presbyter and his wife would take us to the smaller churches in the area. So, I mean, you think of Caribou and then the outlying yep, communities, yep, for sure. you know, that didn't have a pastor that needed a pulpit fill. She would take a couple of us guys. We would go lead worship, fill the pulpit. And we just got all these opportunities to preach the gospel, to use our gifts and talents for the Lord. And it really you know, got us connected to the Lord, but it also engaged us with ministry. And so I think one of the things that really has always been a key for me is having an experience with the Lord, but experience mm. to do things for the Lord. That stuff you can't ever forget, that stuff that sticks with you. And uh, at least for me, and I think the other guys that were involved in it, because I still talk to them today that were in that season, man, we still have that heart and that desire to be used by God. So just a few things really unique about that place that I think it is special because if you're going to maybe a bigger church, maybe in a more sophisticated setting, you want to have things going a certain way. And, uh, you know, there was room for that, I think, in that rural setting. Yeah, I uh, I love that. And honestly, uh, um, one of the things I've always, I, I've, it's like a double happiness and sadness. I'm happy because the rural church really is the perfect place uh, for young men and women to kind of cut their teeth to 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 start to gain some of these skills yeah. that come through opportunity after opportunity. Uh, I'm sad by that fact because I feel like oftentimes um, rural pastors struggle with confidence, and I and I hope that anybody listening yeah. like understands that the environment you offer is not just well we did what we could because we're a small church. It's actually so highly beneficial to the development yeah. of people who can preach the gospel, people who are ready to serve, ready to work. Uh, ready to, whether they're a congregation member or a leader, are ready to be a part. And so I love, uh, yeah. I just love, love, love hearing your experience. It really confirms a lot of that for me. 
Yeah. Could I just take a second oh, to for sure. off of that? Yeah, um, go for you it. Know, and I love what you said there with the idea of confidence, because I, you know, the struggle is real. You know, you feel it and you feel the pressure sometimes to perform. And I think something with that, that we have to always keep in mind as we serve the Lord, and it really doesn't matter what context you're in is our confidence got to be in him. And part of our job is to raise up others, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that I really experienced in that church. And I think that's what made my home church pastor so awesome is because he had powerhouse youth pastors yeah. uh, that were really phenomenal people. And he never was afraid to let them shine. Um, he was a really... Um, introverted man Um, and you could you could see it in him but he had that confidence to let you know those people shine and i think that's something that makes anybody great when you can stand confident in the lord and you know what and push others forward that's what makes you great is when you're really helping others exceed and i think that's what made my home church experience really special awesome yeah no that sounds right up my alley i love love that highlight love that perspective um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, yeah. so obviously again, you know, you're talking multiple positions, um, in ministry through the last 29 years, uh, tons of different contexts. Um, but I know that no matter where we go, there tend to be these common themes that emerge in our lives. Right. And so would you mind, you know, a- as you've ministered and-, and again, I mean, we're talking multiple different cultural contexts, church sizes, uh, you know, what are the big themes that God has constantly brought you back to in every context? Why don't you uh, yeah, highlight some of those for us? Sure. You know, number one, and, I, you know, some of it's obvious and some of it is simplistic, but relationship with God is the key. You know, we, we all know this, but without <laughs> yeah, really pretend to know God, it. <laughs> It isn't going to work. You know, we have to have that relationship with the Lord that is solid, that's growing. Um, You know, it it may not be growing by leaps and bounds, but are we, you know, I would always say, are you taking a baby step forward at least? Are you at least pointed in the right direction? That's key. And I think we need that anywhere. But some of the bigger things that has always been there for me is relationship. And I, again, that kind of relates to relationship with God, but relationship to others. And I shared a story over and over and I have shared it. And, you know, when I first was getting into ministry, I was, you know, on a break from my uh, college. I went to Valley Forge Christian College, which is now the University of Valley Forge. And remember taking off from there and going up and I was going to interview at my first church in New Hampshire. Oh, wow. And I was freaking out inside, you know, like, what do I do? I've never done this before. You know, um, never sat in front of a pastor to try and get a job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And Lord, what do I say? And number two, what do I do? Because I don't know what I'm doing here. Yes, I've been to college, but do we really <laughs> know yeah. what you do when you step out of there? And, yeah, I think and what you're getting into, of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really felt Lord speak to my heart and give me two things that has been kind of a guidance for me in all ministry. One is relationship help those students, because it was a youth ministry job, help these students to grow and develop into a relationship with me. Uh, that was key. And um, the other side was very common to it, but just develop a relationship with them. I wasn't, you know, the the cool youth pastor kind of guy. I've never had the spiked hair. I can't wear skinny jeans, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, it just wasn't my my thing. Who I am now is who I was then. But authentic relationship, mm-hmm. um, and that fits in any setting. And in fact, I feel like in the rural setting, 
people want authentic even more so because that's what they're really looking for. And so that was a, a huge theme that just kind of brought relief to me. I was like, I can be me <laughs> and yeah. I can help them get closer to the Lord. And the other thing, you know, relationship and experience with God. When we have a relationship with God, there's going to be experiences that we begin to have with him that are unforgettable. Uh, mm. That is going to be lifelong and they may stray from God, but it's something they won't forget about God. Mm. And I pray just like a mom and dad would pray for their child, you know, train up a child in the way they should go when they grow old, they won't depart. You know, I, I pray the same thing for those I've done and, and served in ministry and, and have had in my life in that way. May they never forget the experiences that they've had with God. And so, you know, relationship with God, relationship with one another and having that experience, you know, time mm. around the altar. Um, and, and we've had that happen many, many times over, you know, we pray for the sick and then youth group, man youth group was sick, was sprained ankles and, uh, you know, broken bones, yeah, things sure. of that nature, you know, uh, at least in our experience, thankfully. And, um, you know, trusting God to do those. And we saw God minister in what we might call small ways, but it was huge to them. Yeah. And uh, that's been something I've just hung on to because we saw it work once, saw it work a second time, you see it work. And that's how God works, because God is a God of relationship. He desires mm -hmm. to be reconciled to us. Amen. And so that's yeah. what it's about is to grow in that relationship with him. And when we do, we have wonderful experiences with him as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I love that 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 theme. You know, one one of the things I think about a lot is just uh you know, I, I look back at my own time in in kind of local youth ministry, and I, I I've switched roles since then. But you just look back yeah. and you go, well, what did I do? What did I do? Could I have done it better? Um, but this sure. goes for any age. I love your emphasis on saying we are providing experiences in our churches for people to connect with God because um, once they do, that's that's always an anchor to fall back on. I was just yeah. having coffee with somebody the other day who said, "Man, I was in a dark place, but it was a very powerful experience, a very powerful moment." Yeah. Uh, that brought me back, you know, to church and, and all those things. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's great to hear, man. I really love your heart uh, behind that. Thank you. You know, and I, if I can just tag on that a little bit oh, more, yeah. that it. was stuff, you know, that if I can relate it to a rural setting or a small church or small budget, no budget setting, every place I went, we never had budget. I wasn't like building youth centers yeah. and things like this. It was building an environment for God to move in their life, you know? And I'm, I'm grateful to say we've had kids that have been impacted. Many of them gone even into ministry themselves. And it wasn't because of big budgets and it wasn't because of cool stuff. Although you try to be as fun and energetic and exciting as you can, but it's about those times with the Lord that makes all the impact in the world. So, you know, for those that might be listening and feel like it's, you know, they must have had something. We had the Lord. It's the same thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, going old sure. school. With <laughs> yeah. It, <you> know? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, what a great encouragement, because it's true. Some of us. I mean, I had a guy who said, yeah, I was paying $50 just to create a budget. You know, like he's like, this was the budget it was me just buying yeah. stuff, you know, just exactly. Um, well, hey, let's uh, let's dive in. And I have a feeling they're going to overlap a little bit, um, yeah. but let's highlight what the rural church has specifically taught you. You know, I know that uh, you told me some cool stories about students you're able to reach. But uh, but yeah, yeah. What, what specifically do you think has come to the surface when you say, man, this is the heart of, of you know, ministering in the rural church here? Absolutely. I think. 
relationship, uh, I probably repeated a hundred times, yeah. but relationship I think is key. And in a rural setting where I said before, you know, they want authentic relationship. They yeah. want to know that you really care. And I think that's something that we really trumped for us. And, you know, I shared a story with you before and I want to share it again here, you know, and I grew up in a rural setting, so I get it, you know, and it was just a couple States away, but I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor in Vermont, um, as in an even smaller town than one I grew up in. Um, it's very different experience than what yeah. I grew up in, which is kind of crazy to think is just a matter of five hours away. But yeah, yeah honestly, it, a huge difference. And we had this, this one family in particular, they were very rural in general. They lived a mile off of a dirt road at the top of a mountain. You know, wow. and when we, you know, my wife's uh, idea when we would drop kids off to, from youth group events and we drop them off in the church van, you know, you watch them go inside, make sure they're safe. And I remember dropping the this two boys off, brothers, um, and they were getting out of the van. And like, I was like, I can drive you in there to your house. They're like, oh, no, you can't. And I said, huh? yeah, we'll take it. He goes, no, it's not plowed. It's a mile off of this. You're going to be stuck. And they literally just had cross-country skis leaned up against a tree, and they would cross-country ski into their house. Dang. And so, you know, all this kind of thing, you know, sometimes they'd snowmobile or whatever they had. That's just how they lived. In the summer, they left their bikes out there, and they'd bike in back to yeah. the house. So very backwoods, if you will, rural. And one of those brothers, he loved the outdoors. And so I was an outdoors guy. We did outdoors thing, but... I'm not the guy that's into yeah, the outdoor yeah. stuff, but you, you know, he had a trail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had a trail that he uh, trapped animals for fur and that wow. was how he made as a some teenager. money as a teenager, you know, yeah. this is like his deal. And um, one winter he's like, Hey, I'm going out ice fishing. You want to come out with me? And so he's out on the lake. He's got an ice shack out on the lake and he literally stays there for days and just wow. fishes to get fish, to bring home, to eat. Not like they had to. It wasn't like they were improper. Right. This is just a hobby. This is something he enjoyed to do. He is homeschooled. He had the time. He loved the outdoors. And uh, he's like, hey, you want to come hang out with me? And just go, you know, who really wants to go sit on the ice? I mean, not Yeah, minus ice fishers, not a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I just remember going out there, sitting in the ice shack with them, hanging out, talking, and just being open to relate connect with people even though the interest may not be your interest you know yeah. because what is valuable in in the position i feel that god had put me in and as he puts leaders in is to relate to others and to connect with them at their level not necessarily at our level and spending time there is just a reminder that it's about them you know mm. it's about those people that God has called us to. I could share other stories in similar nature, but that's what God calls us to do, to spend time with folks, pick them up after school, you know, and go hang out. When I was a youth pastor, when you're a pastor, it might be hanging out with them on the job or, you know, wherever, whatever hobby, you know, I'm not a great golfer, but you might be on the links with them one yeah. day or you could be walking around the woods with a rifle in your hand another day, that kind of thing. And just finding ways to connect with people at their level that makes you human, you know, because a yeah. lot of people would kind of get elevated in people's eyes and they don't think we're real people. I remember when we saw somebody in our church one time, they saw us in the grocery store. They were shocked because they thought God still provided manna from heaven and pastors <laughs> didn't need to go to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is what we do, you know, <laughs> that's it's so normal. good. 
but some people need to see that. And, and I think going out of your way and I, you know, I think it diffuses some of the myths that people have in their mind of pastors that they don't have the time or they're too big and holy, um, you know, and, and yes, we're to be holy and yes, we're to be godly, but it doesn't mean we can't connect and relate and spend time with others that really desperately need the focus and attention. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, as we're just relating these simple stories, I think you really touched deeply on on the heart of pastoring. You know, it's just to yeah. to see another person and to be like, I will enter your world fully um, yeah. at my own expense or my own disinterest or, you know, shoving all that aside to say, I will go and do whatever and be with whoever to 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 share the gospel and share your life. Um, right. And yeah, it really reminds us of Jesus, right? I mean, that's the clear picture we get is that. That's, you know, that's what and I'm did. not saying I'm like Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. But we're trying those to be. Moments, you know, that's what the Bible says. You know, we're trying to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to be. And you try to represent him. And that's, you know, that's what makes a difference in people's lives. They never forget you. But hopefully the goal is they never forget Christ in us when yeah. we do those kind of things. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, the last thing I kind of want to touch on is, uh, and I and I just think it it was something that I know was personally on your heart. Um, when we talked, but you mentioned that your heart is kind of for rural pastors uh, who feel isolated and alone, you know, and and there yeah. might be people listening who do feel that way. And there sure. might be people listening who have the power to reach out to others who feel this way. And so how how do you go about trying to add value to that pastor's life to let them know that you're with them? Like, well, what are some practical things we can do uh, yeah. yeah, to care for an isolated or alone rural pastor? Yeah. If I can kind of go at that with a different angle, and let me it. explain my heart first, and then I'll go at a different angle. You know, my heart, I, I, I feel like God has been good to us. I've never been a mega church pastor, but I've been in good situations where God has taken care of us through the years, you know, and I've always had connections with somebody in the area, another pastor in the area. And, you know, I remember when I first became a, a real pastor, you know, the senior oh, pastor, sure. yeah, yeah, a sure. lead pastor. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and going to those sectional meetings and hearing the hearts of the other pastors that maybe were in small settings, no money, maybe they were having trouble even getting funds to to pay their own, get their own salary, you know, from the church and they're struggling. And I remember seeing a guy one time literally crying in a sectional meeting and I just, my heart broke because I'm going, man, I don't think I have it that great, but I'm. it's not that bad, you know? Um, sure. And there's always somebody that is probably in a worse situation than we are. And I began to think, you know, these guys are my heroes. These guys that are going out there, taking the difficult spots that nobody wants to be in, that's willing to sacrifice their their finances and, and maybe even connections for family into a setting that's not desirable, you know. And um, and that's always been something that really made me cheer those guys on. One of my best friends had probably one of the most rural settings I've ever seen in my life when we were in Pennsylvania, you know, and I went to Bible college with him. So I'd known him quite a time and he wound up going there, spending years and another friend followed him and went to this really rural, rural place. He's like one road in and one road out kind of town, wow. you know, and um just staying there for years and loving the people that God had there. They weren't ever destined for a mega church, but they were destined for faithfulness, you know? Mm. And so it made me think, how can I show love to them and, and appreciation? You know, just if I could flip it, I, I put myself in their place. What would I want? 
Oh, I, sure. I love a phone call once in a while, you know, sure. uh, maybe, you know, just an email. Hey, checking in, wondering how you're doing, wondering what's going on. Tell me about what's happening with your family and showing even genuine interest for my own personal life. You know, my family, my kids, you know, those are ways that we can show love and and care for one another instead of always just saying, well, how many is in your church? How many are in your church? Yeah. You know, I yeah. think we've got the classic those, surface level conversation. Years. Yeah. Yeah. We used to always seemed like when I first got in ministry, man, that was all the conversation was kind of comparing, you know, one to the other. And and that kind of really tears us down because there's always somebody bigger. But man, we just think about what God is doing in the other person. So reaching out, loving on them and, and just the idea of some of the rural connections I've made through uh, Ram ministry and and again trying to make connections with people to encourage them or give them the resources that they need. They you know it's beyond money. Maybe it's skill set. Maybe it's helped me figure out how to do this better. You know I didn't know everything when I first became a pastor and how to lead a church or be a great leader, run that board meeting. You know <laughs> that I was 27 years old when I became a lead pastor, so. I hadn't had a ton of experience in that kind of thing and just learning how somebody that would kind of mentor you along that you could trust. And I think that's something that is worth mentioning is being a person that can be trusted with what you mm. tell them. Yeah. You know, if you ask a friend, you know, a, a buddy that may be in a difficult, isolated position, you know, how you doing, what's going on. You're not going to go tell somebody else. So they get in trouble or something, you know, Right, right. you say it in confidence, let it be in confidence. And so that's, you know, some simple ways I think is just trying to build relationship with them. And I remember when we were in one of our locations, one of our best friends was in a rural bivocational situation. We tried to hang out every couple of weeks, you know, and, and get together, mm. have some dinner and just, chat you know and and have friendship so you wouldn't feel isolated alone like nobody cared and i needed that even though i wasn't in that situation i can imagine how much more he needed that you know working yeah. 60 hours a week three services yeah. a week you know that yeah. can wear on somebody and so i think having a heart and why rural at least comes up for me is because you see that more often in the setting sure, of a rural sure, church sure. than you do in a urban area because there's just more connections and more yeah what or frequently more, more staff i mean even more paid staff you know yeah i mean you're talking to a pastor who might go to a denominational event who says yeah i showed up alone because i'm the only one and you might have teams who are like oh yeah there's 10 of us and we got the yeah. two youth pastors and the kids pastor and it, and it feels different oh, yeah. you know so well that's Absolutely. that's really great to hear i, I really love um, I have just been obsessed with the idea, and this is, we don't even room on this podcast, but uh, looking back at the model of communion in the book of Acts, where, you know, it really was this breaking of bread together, this yeah. eating together, and just the simplicity of saying, I am willing to work your life into the rhythm of my life um, yeah. is really powerful. And I, I love to hear you it reiterate is. that. And that's, that's what people are crying for today. You know, we're planting sure. a church right now. And that's what my people in our church are crying out for is just genuine relationship, not just with me as a pastor, but with them as the body. We don't have a big church and it can really lend itself to that intimacy. But to keep that and maintain that, I think, makes the atmosphere so electric for God's presence to really move in the people because they're receptive and they're hungry and they're desiring not just connection with one another, but then how do we connect to God? 
Mm-hmm. And, and that makes all the difference in the world. And if we can foster that kind of atmosphere, it makes it a powerful situation where God can move. And God is not limited by geography and space and time, you know, yeah. he's there regardless of where we're at, which is powerful. Yeah. Well, uh, Pastor Tony, I just want to say thanks for being on the podcast today, sir. Absolutely. It is my pleasure uh, to join you, get to know you a little bit. And hopefully something I've said today will encourage somebody else. And and I pray it does. But uh, may we continue to fight the good fight of faith, right? Because Jesus Amen. is coming soon. And Amen. It, will, it will be worth it all. Yeah. Well, hey, from all of us at Real Advancement, we just want to say thank you again for tuning in today. Uh, as usual, you can find us on Spotify or on Apple Podcast or on our website, www.realadvancement.com. Uh, but true to rural form, the best way this podcast is going to spread is from one pastor to another saying, hey, I had a great conversation. I was encouraged. Check this out. And so we hope you do so. Uh, but for this week, I have been your host, Joe Epley. He has been Pastor Tony Searles, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.